just by filing for a divorce, meaning you get your initial document filed with the court, it starts this process in motion that's just awful in that it says on the document, for, you know, you've been sued or you're the defendant. Uh, yeah, it's awful. It is like, it's, it's hard not for it to ramp up, right? Unless both yeah. parties sort of understand what they are going to have to deal with. Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back to the episode of The Gals Guide. We are a dating and lifestyle podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Emily. And happy Galentine's. We are so happy. Happy Galentine's Day, gals. We're so happy to have you on our episode today, listening to us and celebrating with your favorite gal pal. We hope you gals are having a great and loving day. We know we are. And we are so excited for this week's episode. It is not what you would probably expect to hear the week of Valentine's Day, but you clicked on it. So that means you're here, you're in for it, and we love that. And before we get into that, I I need to know Hannah's honest opinion about something because we're recording this ahead of time. So I haven't mm-hmm. started it yet. No idea. But we love the show You. Oh yes, yes, we the do. one not like like the one on Netflix, Penn Badgley, Joe Goldberg, hot stalker, murderer guy, and everything. Mm-hmm. And like I told Hannah, like as soon as we get done recording this episode, like I'm hopping off and I'm watching that, and it's so funny. I have been like talking about him nonstop, like on my close friends' Instagram story. Um, and I think one, I'm in love with Penn Badgley. Like if I could have that man be my Valentine this year, I would happily do but um he is married to a a beautiful woman named domino so that's not going to be a possibility for me unfortunately unfortunately Um, no thank you (laughs) but i had um a former suitor a former uh guy that i used to date he reached out to me he was like he's like i love the fact that you're you're in to him because he looks exactly like me and i'm like Holy shit, oh my god, you know exactly who I'm talking about. I know exactly who you're talking about, and I 1,000% agree. <laughs> so that's hilarious. Like, I was looking at my type the other day, and I was like, look at the guys recently that I find super attractive. Penn Badgley. Mm-hmm. Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. And, um... Randomly, like, then there's, like, Andrew Garfield over there in the corner. Right, who, like, doesn't fit. And Harry Styles. So it's, like, hot, bearded guys with, like, dark, curly hair um, and then uh, skinny British boys. It's, like, skinny white British boys. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's who I'm into. And... An interesting interesting combination. I feel like I have a type, though. And you are the person that doesn't have a type and heck no techno like I, I mean even when i think about like who your celebrity crushes are like nick jonas who else is that the only celebrity crush you have oh no i literally well i really loved liam hemsworth but now <laughs> i can't love him so um he won't that, buy you flowers he will not buy me flowers he will 
allegedly sleep with 14 other women. Um, <laughs> not that I'm team Miley or anything. But who um, are your other celebrity crushes? I feel like we've never talked about this. I only know Nick Jonas. Nick Jonas is definitely the top contender. Was Mac Miller a celebrity crush for you? Or was no. that just because he looked like I just your ha- Yeah, I just have a fascination with him. Um, huh. I don't know. Who do I think is, like, very attractive in the celebrity The world? fact that you can't, like, name other people, though. I feel like well, that's you true. you already, you know I don't know their names. <laughs> like, you, you are the one person who will be like, you know, so-and-so and so And I'm like, who the hell? I'm literally Googling. I'm like, who is, what does Andrew Garfield look like? Um, meanwhile, I was, I knew as soon as I said Pedro Pascal, you were like, who the fuck is that? I was like, I'm just going to roll with this because I know. Um, ah, I don't know. I honestly feel like I'm more attracted to musicians, but I'm also like, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, love Sam Hunt. I think he's stunningly beautiful and talented. Um, oh, oh yes. (laughs) Checks out. Checks out. Um, hmm. Wow, I really feel like I'm gonna have to like get off of here and like search like cute celebrity people <laughs> and like, like develop a new celebrity crush. Like, develop an because uh, literal you, response to this because I have you, none. You know Chelsea Clayton, who's been on the podcast before. Yes. Me and her, we had the exact same type of guys that we're attracted to. And so her and I will sit on TikTok and send each other um like thirst traps of like all these like Andrew Garfield, Harry, all of them. Uh and I was sitting here the other day thinking, I'm like, oh, who is Hannah's celebrity crush besides Nick Jonas? Like, I, because like, I feel like everybody can name, like, all the guys that I'm into. Like, it's just, like, the same ones, like, on repeat all the time. And there's always a plethora of them. But I couldn't think the other day of, like, who's yours was. Yeah, that's because I also cannot think. <laughs> I mean, that just statement can end right there. I cannot think. Um, <laughs> but, no, I don't know. Like, now I'm... Now I feel like I don't have an identity in the like, celebrity. Cl- I'm like, I, I like need to figure this out because like. Who is yes. Blaine's celebrity crush? Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. Y'all have we've never, like, had never had We've convers- never like talked about it. Mm. You never had the hall pass conversation or anything. Oh, well, he already knows my hall pass is Nick Jonas. He literally hangs from my rearview mirror. We talked about this last week. <laughs> Nick Jonas is the hall pass. Um, Cause he's forever going to be my favorite. No, I don't know. Um. I really need to, I really need to do some research. I'm feeling very anxious about not knowing. Like, <laughs> Well, I expect a full report next week. Okay. And, well, and yes. We'll co- I'll come back with a full report of like at I least whole, two, I need a roster. at least two more names. Okay. I need a roster. <laughs> Let's just start with two. Okay. <laughs> and Nick Jonas doesn't count with those two. We already know that he is the, yes, yes. He is the yes. one. He is the um, one sitting in the prime seat. We mm, know that. Man. Yeah, I don't know. I could rack my brain here for like 20 minutes trying to figure it out. Yeah, Gosh. that was just a realization I had the other day because I was, I'm so excited for the new season of You and especially because I think, this is not sponsored by the way, but I had a friend that worked on the show and he has told me this is probably his favorite season yet of the show. It's really great. You don't even know like how crazy it's going to get. And in this season, like, Pim Badge's character has, like, longer curly hair and, like, a really thick beard. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you already were a very sexy man. And now you're even more sexy. And this is not my captivation. However, I would highly recommend if you love him and you love his voice, uh, 
I would listen to his podcast, Pod Crushed. It is him and like two other girls, and they interview like different celebrities all the time. And they've interviewed like Sebastian Stan, another celebrity crush of mine. I was gonna say, I was surprised you didn't say Sebastian Stan. Um, yeah, Sebastian Stan, because he was Carter Bazin on Gossip Girl. They've had, uh, I think, Leighton Meester on. They've had Victoria Peretti, who played Love and You. They've had Elizabeth Lyle, who played Beck on You, and a lot of different people. Um, they had Trace Crawford on as well, too. Um, oh, he's a pretty boy. Yeah, but they're talking all about, like, you know, like, your high school crushes and, like, like crushes you had, like, growing up and, like, embarrassing stories like that. Like they're sharing all of those, and they're sharing reader-submitted ones. But he reads these stories and like, his... Like Joe you Goldberg, voice. like <gasps> narrating voice, and it's so fascinating. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. I'm so excited. I kind of like low key forgot it was coming on. Oh, I've had it on one when you have a friend that was on the show. Like I, it was like ingrained yeah. in my mind, and I had it like, written on my well, calendar and everything. Well, and it, like we were watching Netflix last night, and I saw it pop up, and I was like, wait a minute, is it already out? Did I miss it? <laughs> So, um, I don't know exactly when I'll get to it, but like, I definitely want to at least get through part of it. Like, yeah, because there's two ASAP parts Rocky. it's part one and part two. So, yeah, part one's out part, now. part two's in March, right? Or something like yep. that. Yeah. Leading into my captivation, because this whole conversation does, it is another TV show that I just started. And I, I like it. I'm also terrified of it at the same time. So, it is the show called The Last of Us on HBO Max? And mm. my boy, Pedro Pascal, is in it as well. <laughs> and uh, I honestly, I'm watching it purely for him. Like, he mm-hmm. is one. I, I loved, I started watching Narcos when I was dating the actor. Um, mm-hmm. It was his favorite show. And I f- met Pedro Pascal. And, well, that show was on. I didn't actually meet him. I fell in love with him through Netflix. Yeah. And I... Uh, have been in love with this man ever since and he is the internet's like daddy that's what he calls himself and everything <laughs> oh my god and i like looked up how old this man was the other day he's 47 years old he is old enough to be my father and <laughs> still think he's hot still think You're he's like, hot it's fine we fine age is just a number <laughs> it is honestly with him uh but yeah i think he's really hot and the show The Last of Us, it's interesting. It's not my usual cup of tea, but everybody like on film Twitter has been talking about it nonstop. And I was like, what is all the hubbubaloo about? I need to know what it's about. It's based off a video game. Uh, and it's like a zombie apocalypse kind of thing, but it's not zombies. It's like this fungi, vi- not a virus, but like this fungus basically like infects like all these people and like turns them like starts like growing on them and like basically possesses their mind and turns them into essentially zombies. But these are Mm -hmm. not like zombies who are slow. Like they are fast. Uh, And it starts to take away their vision because like fungus starts to like grow all over their face and like grow all over them. And like this fungus is like living inside of them and like coming out of their mouths. And like, that's how it's like, latching onto people i don't know it's disgusting in that retrospect but those shows freak me out because that could happen i don't know if i'm gonna turn into a mushroom Um. maybe not a mushroom but like the the like those um those shows that are movies that are like this sickness or this this takes over the world and it turns everyone into this like basically I'm like, I feel like that could happen. Like, that is creepy. In this show, it's like a fungus that was growing on, like, crops. And and it just, like, like, transferred to a human. People who were eating, like, 
you know, f- anything that had flour in it and everything. And, like, the first, I think, people who are infected, um, not, like, like in the show, uh, mm-hmm. they were, like, eating, like, cookies or something and, like, with the, in- like, infected flour. And, not like, it- them, like, enjoying this chocolate chip cookie. Like, oh, my God, this is so good. And then, like, turning well, first into all, a it was an oatmeal. It was an oatmeal raisin cookie. Um, okay, so they but- already were set up for disaster. Don't shit on oatmeal cookies because have you ever had an oatmeal chocolate chip cookie? Those are my all-time favorite cookies. No, I haven't because I like <gasps> food. <laughs> I'm ta- No, I'm serious. Oatmeal chocolate chip cookies are better than chocolate chip cookies. Uh, and I stand by that. I will make you one when, when I come to L.A. <laughs> and I will let you be the decider of We're going to go to okay? Ralph's. We're going to get No, we're, I'm going to make them. I, I'll pack it in my freaking carry-on. I'll pack the package and you can have the other ingredients. <laughs> I'm making you oatmeal. Seriously, like I am, I am a, I am a lover of chocolate chip cookies, but oatmeal chocolate chip cookies. Ooh. Okay. Anyways, back to the, what were we talking about? Uh, ADD squirrel. (laughs) Uh, We were talking about about? uh, fungus. uh, Oh, your show, your show. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's the last of us. Uh, I feel like Blaine would probably like the show. I mean, based off of what y'all usually watch. I'm surprised he's not watching it. But y'all also don't have Everything HBO turns into va- vampires and um, like all of that. Yeah. 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 No, that sounds that sounds actually really good. Uh, sounds like something we definitely would like. Um, but what is your captivation? Mine is quite the opposite. Mine's ice rolling. <laughs> I am really <laughs> in my wellness era. <laughs> and I've been ice rolling my face. And it is just the most magical has few it been moments. Helping? I don't know. I just kind of started again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, ha- I am. It's my new hyperfixation. So I like okay. do my skincare and then I like am rolling my face. I don't know if that's how you're supposed to do it, um, but I don't like putting the ice on my dry skin. No, so um, aren't you? Just, wouldn't you just be washing it off? Right. Exa- I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I well, what I've been doing is just like I put on my I put on this eye cream that I really like the Kiehl's eye cream that because mm-hmm. it's oh my god. So refreshing. And then I and then I ice roll my face and then I've been doing my skincare. Sorry, I got it backwards. Um, okay. Which, again, I really don't know what the order is. It could, I could be doing them all backwards. But it just feels really nice. I feel ice like it's deep- first, then skincare. Perfect. Um, I'm doing it sort of right, minus the <laughs> eye cream. Um, but it just feels really nice. It wakes me up. I feel like it de-puffs my cheeks. Mm-hmm. Could just be in my head. Could just be taboo. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to try it, like, I want to try it consecutively for a long time, but I just got, like, a cheap, cute little pink one off of Amazon. Um, I am I love the Skinny Confidential, but I am not paying for the Skinny Confidential uh, ice roller or balls yeah. unless they want to send it to us, and then I would gladly, gladly, gladly <laughs> use theirs. Um, so mine doesn't stay, like, super cold for super yeah. long, but it is, like, long enough for me to, like, drink, like, some water in the morning or take my totally. you know, vitamins or just do something like mindlessly. Um, but yeah, I really, I've been really liking that recently. Um, especially when I have headaches. Cause if I, whenever I go on mm-hmm. my forehead, it feels so nice. Um, but yeah. Well, sweet. I love that. Today's episode, like we said at the start, is not your stereotypical Valentine's day, uh, topic, but we're so excited for this episode. This is an episode we've been wanting to do for a while. And we were kind of like waiting to find the right person, and I feel like we really did. We are talking about divorce today. Woo. 
And we are really excited just because this is a topic that I feel like for women, especially for our fellow gals, this is a topic that is often taboo and not talked about enough in a very open and candid conversation. And we are so excited to have Erin Levine from Hello Divorce on the show today to talk about it, answer a lot of your questions. You gals sent in so many questions just that you would want to ask a divorce lawyer and like just get more insight on. And we're talking all about marriage laws to prenups to you know, things that you should know even after you get married and before you get married and like getting married young, just all the different stuff that you gals wanted to know. We're so excited to talk to her about. But if you gals do want a more lovey-dovey episode, we have a whole catalog of dating episodes that you gals can check out, especially if you have a hot Valentine's Day date, go and check out How to Have Better First Dates. It's one of our favorite episodes that we've done. And while you're at it, you can also follow us on Instagram at the Gals Guide Pod and on our personal socials at Emily Elise and at Hannah Adams Miller. But before we get into today's episode, we're going to do a couple ad reads and then we will jump right on in. Alrighty, gals. So today we have zooming into the studio. After spending 16 years as a divorce attorney, she has become the founder and CEO of Hello Divorce, where she has set out to provide a kinder and cheaper pathway to divorce that has been recognized from the likes of Vice, Forbes, and the American Bar Association, and so many more. Everyone, please give a round of applause and welcome Erin Levine. Hi, great to be here. Hi, we're so Hi. happy to have you. Yeah, let's talk divorce. No, yeah. um. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I mean, this was something that I love we, it. we have been thinking about for a while. I mean, as all the listeners, if you are a devout listener to the Gals Guide, you know that Hannah got married in October and her, the yeah. marriage is great. Nothing's marriage going wrong. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Just put that out there. No, but we, between Emily and I, we've both had several close friends, um, you know, get married young and divorce young. And so it's definitely been a topic of conversation throughout friend groups. And so we're just really excited to have you on and discuss all things divorce. So awesome. And I, I hope that word doesn't scare some people away because I think <laughs> I, I kind of expect that this conversation in a lot of ways will be around marriage because mm-hmm. so much changes when you get married. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to your, your relationship with your spouse and how the, the state sees your relationship with your spouse. And I think that's going to be really interesting and hopefully resonate with a lot of people, no matter where they are in their relationship. But I also think of course, that if you've been divorced or you're considering divorce or you're going through one, it would be really nice to just have a few gals like chat about what it might look like and how to get through it. So that's my goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the conversation I think we want to bring to today's episode is just having that more like big sister friend approach to it, not making it feel like it's so taboo because Hannah and I were both raised in the South. I now live in California Mm -hmm. and this is a topic where it's not often talked about in a very open space um, because, you know, you're in the Bible belt where there is, you know, you're supposed to make it work no matter what. And like, even in like the most toxic situations, it's still frowned upon. And it's just like, that is not realistic and it's not healthy for especially women um, to, you know, keep up with and go through. So we want to, you know, really open the floor. And we've asked a couple of you gals to send in some of your questions for Aaron today. So we're so happy that we have those and we hopefully can have this really open and honest discussion. But before we get into any of that, 
we always ask our guests at the top of every episode something that they're currently captivated by, whether that's a product, a show, a song, or just a philosophy that they're kind of living by in their current life. We'd love to know, Erin, is there anything that you're captivated by right now? That's a great question. Well, so lately I've been really good at making time to make myself feel terrible. Um, <laughs> not on purpose, but usually like I start the year by like, a bat out of hell, just like working so hard. And this year I'm taking a much more managed approach, like strategic and structured and really thinking through these decisions that are slowing me down in a good way, but also like all of like the inner judgment and like, just like the, the bad thoughts are sort of creeping up. So my current obsession is finding things that inspire progress and growth in me, but also bring me joy and ground me so that I'm not like overly indulging these insecurities that are creeping back up. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not one thing in particular, but here's a few things that I'm doing. One is I'm taking this new media mastery course from Chairman Me. Mm -hmm. um, it's about PR, but really for me, it's been more, I'm just in the first week, but it's been more about storytelling, which I've really wanted to work on. And then I have been, you know, reading a lot of great books, everything from The Healed Empath to Young Pueblo and anything by Alex L or mm -hmm. Adam J.K. Um, and then just kind of indulging in shows like Firefly Lane, Lane and like just yes. shows that kind of get me like thinking about where I've been and how far I've come. You know I what love I mean? that. Yeah. 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 Those are all all great recommendations in Firefly Flame. So glad someone else has pointed that out because I just started it and I'm hooked on oh, it. Good. So Ooh. yeah. So no, no spoilers. I'm literally like on episode like two. <laughs> you got it. I hope you really enjoy it. <laughs> but so far I'm, I'm hooked and I can't wait to see where it goes, but <laughs> we are so excited to have you on today and we're so excited to get this topic kicked off, but for our listeners that may not know who you are or heard of Hello Divorce before, you were an attorney for 16 years before you started getting into this. And we'd love to know, like, what made you want to start Hello Divorce? What made you want to um, overall be like a, a divorce lawyer to begin with, a family lawyer? And um, how does like Hello Divorce work? Yeah. Okay. Um, where should I start? Well, actually, I I, I really didn't expect to be a lawyer. It wasn't something that I grew up thinking, oh, I absolutely want to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. But as a teen, I was a gymnast, um, an elite gymnast. And you've heard these stories before because um, they keep on happening, which is infuriating. But um, I was abused by my coach. Mm -hmm. And I ended up taking him to court. I was a witness in the criminal case against him and a plaintiff in the civil case. And I found the legal system to be the most inefficient, miserable, fragmented offline process imaginable. And instead of feeling empowered by this big step I was taking in my life, I felt more triggered than ever and um, really sad. And so I got interested in the law because I was like, I don't want anyone going through the legal experience to feel this way. So how can I change that? So I got in because I was like super idealistic. I'm like, I'm going to change the system. I'm going to change the world. And then of course I had to like earn a living and, um, and I wanted to help people now. I didn't want to wait. 
So family law made sense because it was this opportunity to help people guide them sort of into relationship or even out of relationship and be a guide for them right now in the moment and make a difference. So I did that for a really long time. I did that in the San Francisco Bay Area. I had a law firm at one time. I had 12, 13 lawyers. And then I scaled it way back because, well, first of all, because I always liked practicing law, but I loved running a business. And so with the law firm, you can help maybe 20 to 100 customers at a time. Um, it usually takes a while. People are caught in the system and, um, you never feel really good at the end of a win because what we lawyers identify as a win, oh, we got that extra $20 a month for our customer and child support, or we got an extra day of custody for our client isn't necessarily a win for a family, especially if it alienates the other parent or puts kids in the middle of conflict. Mm -hmm. So I was like, ooh, there, there might be a business opportunity here. How can we help people that are divorcing opt out of the legal system entirely, help them sort of move through this time period in a way that they avoid missteps, that they get their needs met, that maybe even they get a few of their wants without getting stuck in that messy lawyer up and fight environment that on average costs people somewhere between 15 and $20,000 per person, if you can mm. believe it. It's crazy. And I didn't see anything out there. Like there was nothing out there that really combined a beautiful software experience with actual help from a financial analyst or a lawyer or a therapist or whatever help you might need in that moment to get through and pass the conflict and into an agreement. I just didn't see it. So that that's when Hello Divorce was born. And what it is, is um, an out of court process to dissolve your marriage. It doesn't mean that you and your spouse agree on everything. In fact, generally speaking, there will be some conflict, mm -hmm. but it's an opportunity if you both can agree to at least try to stay out of court for both of you to get all the paperwork done and get help coming to an agreement that feels reasonable, fair, instead of a zero sum game so that you can wrap up the divorce process and move on. So we handle the legal piece start to finish. And then we also kind of help with other things that come up along the way. Um, because divorce is a huge life transformation. Everything yeah. is changing. So, um, but our core product is that, that legal piece. And, um, and that's probably what, you know, what I'm most proud of and most excited about. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah, really cool. I, I noticed a lot of my friends that we were mentioning before we got on that um, I knew a couple of people who got married in their early twenties and filed for divorce, like in their late twenties, early thirties. And they, in this, well, this was all in the state of North Carolina and in the state of North Carolina, filing for divorce is a mess in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And one of the qualms that both of these two people I knew faced was in North Carolina, you have to legally be separated for a year and a half before you can mm -hmm. actually file for divorce. And for one of my friends, that was the year of the most torture I think she's ever been through because she was dealing with somebody who was 
constantly trying to prevent her from getting this divorce. She had told her partner, like, you know, like, I am leaving you. Like, I don't think this is a healthy marriage anymore. Like, I've tried, I've wait, I've like tried it for like a year to like make this work and to build on this. But like, I don't feel like this is healthy anymore. And I feel like I am she was almost being minimized as like a person in that way. Like she was not being like told that she could like chase her dreams and do what she wanted. He wanted like a stay at home housewife kind of vibe. And she's like, no, like I, I want to build a business. I want to do all these other things with my life. And that year of that separation was really painful for her. And for me to even watch like as a friend, I was like, this sucks that like it's not a quick process for you and it was a complicated process with her lawyer who wouldn't really stand up for her on a lot of things and she Mm -hmm. didn't feel like she had a say on a lot of stuff and it ended up being her being the mediator between her and her ex and so the lawyer getting involved and so she just felt like she was abandoned even more in this whole situation and so yeah these are things where I'm like oh I wish she would have known about something like hello divorce where it could have been like a saving grace for her maybe in a way and been a lot smoother yeah i mean that is excruciating so so every state has different laws if you can Mm -hmm. believe it and sometimes um in some counties they even differ from county to county Mm -hmm. it is absurd how the system works and just by filing for a divorce meaning you get your initial document filed with the court it starts this process in motion that's just awful in that it says on the document, for, you know, you've been sued or you're the defendant. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's awful. It is like, it's it's hard not for it to ramp up, right? Unless yeah. both parties sort of understand what they are going to have to deal with. But not being able to file for, you know, a year or year and a half is, so awful because the average person, the average person who decides to file, and usually it's a woman, and it's usually like 75% of the time women file for divorce. It is on average, they have struggled with the decision for two to five years before they actually make it. So mm-hmm. here your friend is, she over and over again probably said to herself, am I being too selfless or too selfish? Mm-hmm. Am I making the right decision? Is this really fair what I'm doing to my partner um you know am I going to be okay is it going to be harder before it's easier all those things are going through her mind and she was brave and made the decision that was right for her and then the state says oh by the way you have to now you just have to wait and then add in that spouse and it's um yeah I, I mean it is the system is really really hard and so what I always try to do is reminds people that even when you can't do one piece of the divorce, there's other things you can do. Progress is important and it adds up. So we always try to break it into steps so you can get started even before you get it finalized. Mm -hmm. Um, Because sometimes that's what spouses need. They need to see that you've actually filed or that you've actually taken an action for them to finally understand that like, yeah, this is happening. There's nothing you can do to change it. Mm-hmm. 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 What do those steps look like when you're talking to a client? Yeah. So generally what we say is it's really important to have a strategy. That strategy might change and that's okay, but you are going to be in a transitionary time for a while. Even if you use a hello divorce, 
even if you have a fairly amicable divorce, it doesn't happen overnight. Like divorce is a marathon, not a sprint. You're basically, it's your business partner. That's how the state sees it. This is your business partner. And unwinding a business is tricky, especially if there are kids or emotions Mm -hmm. or whatever else at hand. So a lot of women tell me, I, I don't want to have a strategy because it feels deceitful. It feels like I'm trying to get over on him. And that's actually not the case at all. Like, this is the best way for you to take care of yourself. And you're actually, regardless of whether they see it this way or not, taking care of your partner as well by being thoughtful of the approach that you're going to take that hopefully won't lead this into years of madness and expense and all of that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So a great way to start is to start doing some research. It could be on Hello Divorce. It can be on other blogs and resources, but get a little sense of what divorce in your state is going to look like. Is there a waiting period? Do you need to be separated? What kind of things do we need to resolve before we finalize it? If you are in a a state that we offer a full service divorce, so we don't do it in every state yet, but we're almost there, then you can schedule a free 15 minute call with us and tell us a little bit about what's going on and we'll help you find the right plan. But really what your goal is at this point early on in the divorce is to think about two things. Divorce is process, procedure, and substance. The procedure is all the forms that have to get done and there's a ton of them and getting them filed at the right time and served correctly. And you have to think to yourself when it comes to that procedure, If I have some guidance with technology or maybe a lawyer to review my documents, am I okay with doing that on my own? Or do I want to hand that over to someone to help me? Mm -hmm. And then the substance is actually getting to an agreement. So you want to think about who can help me with that? What do I need? So as an example, um, let's say you have um, uh, no kids, no house, but you have some stock options from your job and your spouse has um, something, you know, some, some type of asset as well, maybe a 401k or some stock. The first step, right, is to see if you can both agree and understand what the value of those assets are. And if you can't, then finding a financial advisor or um, a lawyer or somebody who can help you figure that what, the, what that is. So you want to think about the kind of help you need. Maybe it's that you and your spouse just need a mediator to sort of jump in and help you resolve conflict. And maybe it's the financial advisor, but regardless of what it is, like divorce doesn't happen overnight. Unless there's an emergency, you're going to have time to bring in the help you need. You don't just need to spend $10,000 on a lawyer and expect to go to court. Yeah. Hmm. Does that was a lot longer than I expected? No, no, no. That's it's thorough and it's helpful because these are things. And Hannah and I both, we our parents are still together. We've never we're not children of divorce. So I mean, this Mm -hmm. is something that we've only seen through the lens of like what our friends have gone through, and Mm -hmm. we know that there's other people out there who have also witnessed the same thing. So they don't know what the process is like. So this is super helpful. Um, my question is, would and I this is again me not knowing. would having a prenup help anything like, like not speed up anything, but like, would it help the divorce process any better? Or does prenups usually make things more complicated? How does that work? Yeah. So in my experience, 
because remember I did practice law for a really long time, prenups were really helpful at divorce. And the reason is, is because the parties had already thought about what might happen if they were to get divorced or if one of them were to die or if there were some big event that happens in their life. And they came to an agreement on terms when they loved each other, loved each other enough to get married. And those terms were put into a document that's legally enforceable. So it doesn't leave very much room, usually if a prenup is done right, to start arguing about terms post, like during your divorce. So that's what people, during divorce, people fight about for the most part, finances and kids. Um, that finances piece, we leave so much room to the laws are, there's so much discretion about what a judge can order if you don't agree. And because there's so much discretion, there's lots of room for argument. Mm -hmm. And if a marriage is five, 10, 15 years, that's a lot of time to have been spending money and try to track down where assets came from and who used what inheritance from grandma to maybe buy a vehicle or things like that. So it gets really messy just trying to sort things out and get to an agreement, whereas a prenup is generally really clear about like, you're getting this and I'm getting this. Um, so I kind of think of it as, because a prenup, prenup is really hard for a lot of people to, to, to talk about. In fact, a lot of my friends didn't do prenups. They later did postnups when they were oh. even closer and more comfortable with their spouse. But if prenup is something that you're thinking about, the way I sort of framed it to people is it's kind of like an insurance policy, right? We hope we never have to use it. We hope we never get in a car accident and have mm -hmm. to use that insurance policy. But if we do, we want to, we absolutely are so thankful that it was there because without it, it could destroy us, right? Mm -hmm. Financially, our yeah. credit, everything else under the sun. So that's kind of like, how I think about it, you might not ever need to do it. In fact, the best couples I've seen, the ones with the strongest marriages are when couples have a partnership that is so beautiful that they can talk about these things, even when they're hard to talk about. And those people are less likely to get a divorce. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Um, so that, yeah. that was, that's always been interesting to me too. And I feel like that's a good, oh, sorry, Emily. I feel like oh. that's a really good way to like bring it up in discussion. Cause I feel like that, like how you kind of described it as more of like, like an insurance policy kind of thing. Cause I feel like that's the hardest part is like, Hey, you know, something I'm interested in doing, like bringing that up. I feel like it's really, you know, uncomfortable. So it is, it's like, it's, I mean, there's like a lot of, of people out there including me that are trying to make this conversation less hard, but it still mm -hmm. is always going to be hard. Yeah. And I think what the way it can start is a conversation about values. Cause that's going to be number one, right? If your values don't align, then you won't stay married. Or if you stay mm -hmm. married, it's probably not going to be very happy. Values is what it comes down to, whether you walk through the world with the same values or not. And, um, and getting to a getting to know you exercise. So like, as an example, I had a client whose um, spouse had really expected that if they had children, that she would stay home. That's how it was always done in his family. And it's like the vibe, I guess, that he was getting from her. And she never 
thought that she would do that. Mm-hmm. But what was most frustrating for her was that like, you don't know how you're going to feel after you have a baby. You might change your mind. And the yeah. fact that he felt so rigid about this is how you did do it was like something that they clearly need to have a conversation about and resolve before they get married. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you, and the other sort of way that you can bring this up and it maybe it not feel as, as hard is that if you don't have a prenup, your state has one for you. Mm-hmm. Meaning that if you don't agree on what the financial terms of your relationship will look like, then the state has laws that govern and they probably aren't the laws that you, that you or want. the rules that you want. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, probably not. So. I think a lot of people think, oh, prenup means like you have to like have a lot of money. You have to be like wealthy. Like it's something that's only reserved for like the rich and famous. But I think it's something like you've said, like, it's like an insurance policy. I think it's a smart way to go about it. I mean, regardless you have kids or money, like, it's just like, okay, like this is what's gonna, this was what could happen instead of letting somebody like the state dictate all of that and have more of a say over your relationship than you two as a couple do. So I think that that's, it's great. And I don't feel like, I mean, it's something that I've even considered and it's not like I, I mean, I would love to come into millions of dollars and me too. Girl. Yes. <laughs> Let's do it. And you know, we're manifesting it here but like, for all three of us. <laughs> but you know, it's just something where it's just like, you know, I have never wanted someone else to kind of have a say over what would happen. And I think you know that 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 gives me more anxiety over having that discussion with a partner and worrying what their reaction is going to be. Because if I'm marrying them, hopefully we are on the same page of that kind of stuff and that we can have a more comfortable conversation with it. Um, and I think even you mentioning that post-nuptial um, like agreement, like that's even great too, because even if you feel like, you know, it doesn't mean like, okay, like it's, we're now like in a bad territory. I feel like we need to discuss this. It's like, no, like, I just want to like now that we're here and we're having this conversation, I just want to let you, like, I just want to know, like, say one day shit hits the fan and worse comes to worse. Like, this is what it could look like. So I think that that's, I think that's wonderful. Yeah. That's great. There's other, there's other reasons that a couple might consider a post snap. And I think at least one of them is worth mentioning. And that is, you know, sometimes you get into relationship and as time goes by, one spouse might be more risk averse than the other so like one spouse might you know hypothetically of course want to like you know uh move away from their law firm and um get crazy and do a startup right (laughs) and in that scenario which you know I have no experience with um in that scenario you know a lot's at stake right like all the sudden your income went from fabulous to at least initially nothing and um you might be getting loans and you might be personally guaranteeing them and all that kind of stuff and you have this partner who is following the sort of corporate or more laid out path um not because they're boring but to provide stability Mm -hmm. and um to it's a very responsible way to walk through the world. A post-nup can be used to guard that spouse, the spouse sort of taking a more traditional path from having to take on or having to go down if that startup or that debt, you know, can't be paid or fails, right? 
Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of times, for example, we'll do prenups or postups for somebody who um, has a ton of debt and is climbing out of it, but doesn't want their spouse to ever be stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Or because they've decided maybe, maybe in a prenup, they've decided that they'll each have their own separate money and assets, but later on they decide, hey, you know what, we both have spent so much time on this house. Um, I'd like to see it be be joining. I'd like to see it be, you know, equal ownership. So the thing, the great thing about post-ups is in most states they're pretty easy to do and they're very easily enforceable. Whereas with prenups, sometimes they're much trickier. Sometimes you need lawyers to sign off. Sometimes you need to wait several days before you sign it. And they have to be a certain amount of time before you actually get married. Whereas post-nups tend to have a lot less rules around them, which like make it easier for us, for you, for anyone. <laughs> I would not have known that. Interesting. No. Uh, like there's so many things that I don't know and I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, let's, okay. get, I mean, let's talk about that though. I mean, cause we mentioned yeah. like, marriage laws and mm-hmm. you know people getting married young Hannah you got married how old were you 28 what how old am I 28 28 yeah <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> to think about that for a second because it feels okay, like it okay, happened forever ago but getting married fun. in your 20s versus getting married in your 30s I mean it, mm-hmm. it can be different for both um I think age groups do you find that like one age group like stays together more or like has a higher divorce rate if people who get married early is it like depends completely like on the separate couples yeah I mean there's always statistics right around like eight getting married you know younger getting married with a college degree or without a college degree um there's lots of statistics out there and I, I don't like know them off the top of my head um, anecdotally, like in my experience of helping people get married and get divorced for almost 20 years, I mean, I would say that the two most important things are a similar value system, like I said earlier, and communication. And it doesn't mean that we always get it right. There are weeks where my spouse and I get it wrong. and we ignore something that keeps popping up because we don't want to deal with it or because we're busy or in my case I've got kids and I've got businesses but um but ultimately if you have that communication that respectful communication and you share similar values those are the marriages that um tend to succeed and when they don't tend to be the marriages that have an easier time divorcing because of that mutual respect. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes it doesn't work out just because people like grow apart, right? Like that happens sometimes. Um, And, and that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Are there any um, like common misconceptions that like younger the younger generation of newlyweds like may not know about like marriage laws or anything that like sticks out to you that you think like a lot of people just don't know about? Yeah, I think, well, there are, yes, there are definitely a ton. I think that most people don't realize that when they get married, they are truly entering into a business partnership and relationship with their spouse, according to the state. Um, so For example, in community property states, anything you earn 
from work or from, um, yeah, for any of your employment activities, anything you earn is technically joint property. The presumption is. So let's say you work your ass off, mm -hmm. you take those funds and you buy a car with it or you buy a condo in a community property state that is now technically joint property. And there are very few um, exceptions. But even in states that aren't community property and equitable distribution states or other states like that, they still, um, the presumption tends to be that there is some sort of joint ownership, maybe not 50-50, but that that's, you know, that there's that. So that's like something to, to really think about and consider. It doesn't matter. I think a lot of people think, well, I had the account in my own name. We never <laughs> shared accounts, yeah. right? Like what like Whatever. there's just no way it doesn't matter you could have operated for 10 years with your accounts and your spouse's accounts and they know nothing about what the other has spent on or what kind of debt they have but ultimately in a vast majority of states if there's a divorce and no prenup or other agreement that's going to be split mm. so you know it's really not like you just get the car and i'll get the house it's like we own the most oh. So <laughs> it can be like, it can be like, I'll, I'll take the house in offset for the $200,000 in debt. I'm also taking, so you don't have to like sell the house and split it. Right. But you do, but generally speaking, there's like a, a pretty equal, um, division and, and that includes debt too. So, you know, your yeah. spouse can be using the credit card to buy shoes or whatever. And unless he's using the credit card to purchase a vacation for his mistress and you can prove it, you're probably going to get stuck with a portion, if not half of that debt. So that's why it's like so important like to have this open communication. Yeah. Like if somebody is a bigger spender, like that's fine. But it, you need to think about how that might impact you and whether or not it makes sense to do anything about it. Yeah. And like you said earlier, like having those conversations up front, like about your values and, and about debt and about your finance and your habits and all of that. Like, I feel like a lot of like younger people just don't really think to have those conversations. Luckily we did. <laughs> but, um, because we're just a lot like, super, of people. We're super open about stuff, but like a lot of people just don't like, you don't even think about like, oh yeah, I'm in a ton of debt from grad school. Like I probably should tell my fiance mm, the amount, yeah. and, like how, like how I'm planning to pay it off and you know, all that things. Cause that was kind of like my, my stand, my stance was like, I did go to grad school. So I have some debt. And so we like talked about all of that. And so, yeah, I just, I just was curious if that was like, but that's really interesting to know. Cause I did not know that about like the joint thingy you were, you were saying, can't think of what Yeah. And you know, yeah. there are exceptions, right? Like right, right, right. always exceptions to the rule. If, you know, grandmother gives you a down payment to a house, you know, then that at, at a minimum, you might be entitled to that down payment back. If you split, like there's exceptions, of course, but in sure. general, like marriage law is no joke. Like it mm -hmm. assumes that you two are now becoming one financial entity. You file you are taxes in it together to for the most part. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And there's like amazing benefits to that too, right? Like it's much oh, easier to build an estate when you've got two people paying one household 
the bills in one household and like two minds working to create the kind of life you want to live. But there's also liabilities. And I think like you were saying, like maybe not everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just yeah. proved my point that I want to prenup m- more and more. <laughs> <laughs> And Lee's like, we're having this discussion uh, on our second date. (laughs) Low key, I have always been pro prenup. And this is not to be like, oh my God, like I'm amazing. But like uh, my full-time job is in the film industry. And like, I hope to one day be able to be a full-time filmmaker. And with that accrues Mm. a nice chunk of money. And I would like to have that protected. And, And the people that I date are also influential people within the industry so it's something that like it's never been like a taboo conversation to have I think I feel like amongst creative peers like I have yeah so but I think you know more of your normal everyday people they're like well what we we don't need it I don't feel like we need it like we're good like I make you know 45k a year and like same with my husband like we're good we're fine but I think like this conversation is just proving more and more that it's just it's not just about that like it's literally about not having someone else dictate like what your marriage is the sum of and what it comes down to yeah that's how I look at it I mean the default laws of the state don't necessarily help all of us what if we do make the choice to stay home with our kids do we want an an agreement that says we get nothing if we divorce like I prefer to negotiate something that says that it is all joint or that I would get x amount of dollars in support if something were to happen to our relationship or he were to die right Mm -hmm. like um this is about like protecting your legacy about yes. taking care of, of you, because as we all know, like if you don't take care of yourself, like put your oxygen mask on first, right? If we don't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of anyone, not just our spouse, but we can't be a good daughter. We can't be a good friend. We can't be a good coworker. If we're stressed out about whether the decisions we've made are going to take us down. So Absolutely. I'm hoping that people can see it more as like an empowering move, a way to um, to honor yourself rather than to deny your love being real. Because that's just not the case. It's not what it is. I love that whole framing that you just said. Like, I love that whole mindset behind mm-hmm. it. Because I mean, yeah, it's not just like putting up a question like, is what is our relationship? It's just like making sure you have that solid foundation to it and that you can build off of that. Um, I'm curious in your personal opinion, like in what you've seen with your experience, is there a part of the divorce process that some people may not be knowledgeable of that is like the worst part or like the stickiest part that some people are like, I wish I would have known mm-hmm. that before I filed for divorce mm, before a good I got question. into this whole mess. So unequivocally, the hardest part for almost everyone that goes through the process is the financial disclosures. So in almost every in almost every state, like you have to disclose everything you know about your finances and your spouse has to do the same. And it causes so much anxiety. It's wild, right? It's like mm-hmm. it it causes a lot of shame too. So I know a lot of really powerful women, super powerful brilliant women who didn't control the finances in their marriage, not because their spouse was abusive or controlling, in some cases, yes, but not usually, but because that was their division of labor, right? Their spouse was comfortable with money, talked about money, handled the money, and 
they did some, they did other things, right? Whether it be parent, um, plan all the vacations, take care of the social, whatever it might've been. So like all the shame comes up. Like, why did I let him or her like control this? Why don't I know more? Mm. Am I going to be okay financially? Um, and then on the opposite side, there's this, um, anxiety around like, Hey, I made all this money. If I disclose it, am I going to have to give it all to my spouse? Like just because you disclose it and you get it on paper, it feels like, oh my gosh, now it's not going to be mine anymore. So the financial disclosures are like a really stressful piece for, for a lot of people. Um, and so, I mean, one of the things you can do <clears throat> is we have this divorce 101 download, which kind of starts to prepare you. I'll, I'll give you the link for your show notes. Please um, be great. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Where you can just um, like start thinking through the things that you're going to need, whether you started divorce or just thinking about it, like, like start to sort of ease into it because for whatever reason, that just causes a lot of stress for a lot of people like taxes, taxes stresses people out too. Even if you don't have a complicated tax return for a lot of us, we're like, oh gosh, what am I going to find out? What's going to happen here? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and one yeah. thing that I've, lo- I checking out like your page and checking out everything about Hello Divorce. Uh, one thing that I truly have liked and enjoyed about your content is you have this very gentle approach to the subject and you constantly providing people with healthy reminders of that. This is not something to be shameful for and just reminding themselves to have this it's okay kind of mindset, like you are okay. And just reassuring them that this is the correct decision that they should be making and just making, like taking away the shame aspect of the whole process, which I think is wonderful because I, like we said at the top of the episode, I think some people are not, they probably should be divorced, but they stay in it because they Mm -hmm. are afraid of that shame and they're afraid to admit that they did this whole thing and it's not working out, especially I think in the South where we're from, that is a common thing that happens a lot of marriages. Um, But we would love to know, like, as like a survival tip to kind of wrap up this whole episode, is there a particular healthy reminder that you like to give people when they're going through this difficult time? A couple of things. So first of all, just remind yourself that fear is that managing your fears and overwhelm is probably the most important piece. So being kind to yourself and getting educated or getting the help you need and taking your time is absolutely key. Number one. Number two, remind yourself that you are not starting over. I talk to a lot of people in their 20s and 30s and they're like, oh my God, I got to start over. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. like this is, there's going to be all these problems and I'm not going to find someone. So you're not starting over. You're truly starting from experience. You now know what you, yeah, like how you want to give and receive love. And some of us spent the first 10 years of our marriage trying to figure that out. Like, but now you get to walk into the world knowing exactly what it is that is important to you and what you want to give someone. You're like leagues ahead of, of most other people. So it's not going to be the same experience as when you were younger, when you were first dating, when you were trying to figure out life, you've figured out a lot. You can't decide to get divorced or get divorced without having a major self growth, like moment and process. And now you'll get to reap the rewards. So, and then finally, I would say that it often gets harder before it gets easier. Um, There's a lot when you decide 
to divorce that like has to be like worked out and resolved and you have to deal with the feelings of your family and your friends and everything else in the world it often gets harder but ultimately it gets easier and in 17 years i've never never once had anyone come back to me and say i wish i was still married to him like i wish mm. i was still in relationship so um yeah. you know just just remember that and um and trust trust the process i love that and we yeah. had we had an author on one time, his name is John Berger. And mm -hmm. in his book, and I still talk about this exact moment to this day, because I thought, oh, maybe, maybe not. And then it actually came true to me was, he said, don't discount divorced people, like when it came to dating, because mm -hmm. yes, you may think like, oh, like, there's just like, quote, unquote, like damage to them or whatever. But those are the people who more than not know exactly what they now want in a relationship. And they know that they can handle commitment. And mm -hmm. those are the people you should never discount. And then I was like, I won't like I'm I don't ever see myself because I live in Los Angeles. And you know, so many people are afraid of commitment, like I'm not going to ever find a divorce guy, found a divorce guy dated him for a bit and was probably he was one of the most committed guys I'd ever met and he was very sure of what he wanted mm -hmm. and we did not work out but that was because there were things that he was not going to back down on because of previous relationships he was like no like I am very sure of myself in this and I have these boundaries and I was like fair enough we d we disagree we should part ways and it was probably one of the more healthier breakups that I had gone through and I still have respect yes. for that person and I was like <laughs> very, a very sure man. Like he was very, very sure of himself and knew exactly what he wanted. And I think that, you know, it's not something that like there, there's no damage to it. Like it's, I think like you said, like somebody who yes. knows exactly what they want. And I think it's great. And that you're not starting over in any way. Yeah. There's, you're not damaged. It is not a personality trait. Mm -hmm. Like the divorce is something you're going through, not who you are. And like, I think you just really hit Oh gosh, I'm terrible with cliches. I'm not going to use one, but I think you're very right. <laughs> I always get them wrong, but about like, like divorce people are generally like, like if I were to be out in the the world again, dating, I would like actively seek out divorce. Divorce. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously, cause they like, like Emily said, like they've, they've been through it. Like most of them, if they've chosen to do the work, if they've grieved, if they've yeah. healed, um, then they have have done that a tremendous amount of work and it's hard to find people like that out there it really is yeah. so yeah for sure well mm -hmm. thank you so much for coming yes. on the show Erin this has been such a delight I mean we could keep talking to you for like another hour or so um but I hope <laughs> that the gals have gotten a lot of their questions answered and they feel a lot more comfortable and reassured with this topic but before we let you go we would love to give you a moment to shout yourself out shout out hello divorce and tell people where they can find you so, so my name is Erin Levine and my website is hellodivorce.com. You can find us on Instagram at hello divorce and, and Twitter. And then, um, yeah. Uh, and LinkedIn as well, but definitely if you have any questions about the divorce process, you're looking for a resource, DM us on Instagram or chat us up on the website and, you know, we're there to serve. So it would be great if we get an opportunity to work with you, but if not, let us at least help you find the resource you need for your next step. So 
yeah thank you so much for having me this was really fun thank you great and we will leave a link to everything in the show notes for you gals to check out so you have it to your easy convenience thank you so much Erin we really enjoyed talking to you today yeah thank you both and so that does it for today's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com, and our personal social media, which we will have linked in our show notes. Also, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. And then if you're listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey. Bye.